Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Real Window, rewatching random movies from our childhood. I am Pauline. And I'm Lisa. And we are two sisters who are watching movies from our childhood and then discussing them. So, yes. Um, if you haven't listened before, uh, each week we pick a new movie. Lisa picked it last week. This yeah. weekend we watched it, and now we're discussing it. Today is uh, Tuesday. Lisa, do you... <laughs> like, Tuesday for you as you hear it. Today is a different day for us, but that's fine. Lisa, Tuesday is when we publish it for the first time. It's all good. Um, shocking. We don't record and publish right away. Okay, Lisa. Why don't you tell everyone what movie you picked and give a little synopsis of the movie? I would love to. So the movie I chose is 1967's In the Heat of the Night, starring Sidney Poitier and uh, Rod Steger. And this movie is one that won five Academy Awards, including Best Picture. It's a cult. It's a cultural classic, and it basically it's got a very simple premise. Um, so. Sidney Poitier plays police officer Virgil Tibbs, who is passing through Sparta, Mississippi, and unfortunately um, is in the wrong place at the wrong time because one of the most prominent members of this small town has just been murdered. And uh, while the other police officers are sort of searching for a potential suspect, they come across Virgil at a, uh, the train station and pull him in and mistake him for their first suspect and then realize he's a police officer. And then he gets pulled into the investigation at the behest of his own police chief back in Philadelphia. The chief of police here in Sparta is played by Rod Steger and his name's Gillespie. And he is in a tough spot because he is in a race town who do not want Virgil Tibbs on this case. He doesn't want Virgil Tibbs on the case because he's showing him up and he's sort of complicating the, you know, investigation by, you know, poking holes in every single theory he comes up with. And being black in a very yeah. racist town and, and a very get himself town. killed multiple times. You know, and so he's kind of responsible for him. So it's this complicated investigation where neither of them wants each other around, but they're kind of stuck with each other while they're under the gun, literally, to try and solve it before any other acts of violence occur, particularly against Tibbs by members of the town. And that's pretty much it. It's just them investigating, coming up with suspects, rooting them through, and trying to avoid any racist attacks that occur as the result of Tibbs invest uh, being part of the investigation. And it's real good. <laughs> oh. Spoilers! We already. said that in the trivia, so it's yeah. I figure we could say we were very excited to watch this one. I picked it knowing it is one that I enjoy because I own it. I've watched it many times. Pauline, you've watched a bunch too, I'm yeah, sure. I have. Um, it's true. It's great. So it's it's not one of those obscure ones from childhood that we haven't seen in like, you know, 20 it's years. It's not a Swiss Family Robinson, everybody. No, no, no not no. one that we're totally covered in only nostalgia and have no real memory of. We yeah. have actual memory of this movie for sure we do multiple rewatchings. so multiple for anyone who hasn't listened to the pod before mm -hmm. um we go through a series of questions to dissect the movie we love talking about memories from childhood favorite scenes etc etc maybe things we didn't understand or or didn't get um and then we move on to movie quotes by the end after telling you whether we think the movie is uh worth watching or not absolutely so, lisa let's jump on in yes first question is uh <laughs> takeaways from childhood um you know what do you remember favorite scenes things mm -hmm. you didn't get what's what's up here what do you lay it on me well i mean it is tricky with this film because i've watched it so many times and because it is a favorite film of mine it's kind of hard to parse out first viewings we were i know we were young when we watched it i think i was about 10 or 11 the first okay. time i saw it and i think you were 9 10 kind of thing to the best of my memory um what i do remember very clearly is i was very happy to see sydney potty a lot of times when we were kids movies were just put on and we had no clue what we were about to watch like <laughs> maybe so tell us the title and then they'd be like all right this is the movie we're watching and you'd be like yeah. okay sure it wasn't like we gotta say we were the younger yeah. members of the family we, we were just... the priority no, we just sit down with the family and be like, guess we're watching a movie. Because to be fair, if we chose it, we'd be like, Sleeping Beauty or Cinderella <laughs> or Troll in Central Park. Which one? <laughs> okay, go on. Hey, your choice, guys. Your choice. Yeah, your choice. Uh, you'll love it. We obviously watched those movies whenever it was just us picking it. But when it was like a full-on family affair, it usually wasn't us who got to choose ever. So for this one, I just remember being like, oh my gosh, 
that's Sidney Poitier when he finally came on screen. And I, I was so happy because we'd seen To Sir With Love a bunch of times by this point, And I loved him. And mm-hmm. I thought he was amazing. So I do remember quite clearly that when he first appeared on screen, I was very happy. But then I was upset because he's being arrested when he's first shown on. And it's very unfair. He's doing nothing. And this police officer just comes out of nowhere, calls him boy, which was even as a kid, I'm like, but he's not one. He's a per- what, what? Mm, he's an adult. Interesting. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. odd. Why do you keep saying that? Um, I didn't fully get the connotations of no, the use of, of that not. word. No, of course but not. I didn't like it being used because I'm like, but he's an adult. That's yeah. odd. Um, also, everyone seems to be mean to him, and he's wonderful. So why are you all being so mean? Um, it's true. So it's that true. was that was interesting. That reaction. I will say, I mean. I really don't think I got all of the movie the first watching because because there's a lot of subtlety to the conversations too. Sometimes the way they talk around subjects, I just didn't get. The big one would be there's um, a a mention of abortions in this movie. First of all, that was rarely brought up at our household. And when it was, Mm -hmm. it was with a very affirmative never. Um, so it wasn't something that was just on my radar, at, especially at the age of 10. Um, no, of course not. And 11. And they never actually really use that word. Instead, they kind of talk about how, what do you do when a girl's been knocked up around here? Who do you go if they're trying to... When someone get gets in trouble. In trouble. And so because those are kind of the the conversations they're talking about and like a woman needing to help her and as a kid i'm like help her i mean okay sure fine i guess you're pregnant you need nurses and whatnot like i didn't know what it entailed i just was like she maybe she has some medicine that's unique or something maybe she she doesn't seem to have a mom so uh this other woman (laughs) this woman goes by mama mama something absolutely maybe she's there to help all those women who don't have moms when they're pregnant need advice like that's Mm -hmm. what i'm thinking Mm -hmm. so i really had no clue what those conversations because there's a couple of them and those conversations just went right over my head of course and obviously that was never explained <laughs> when we were watching it no no one paused the movie to go so what they mean kids well because you know what it was even so vague we didn't even ask like no we just no. we just it, it wasn't it's confusing enough to be like what do they mean by that it was more totally. than it was like Oh, I guess she needs a mom. Okay. Totally. Like, that's where the misconception is. You're like, ah, she's a mom. She's having a baby. Sure. I'd want my mom for help. Why not? She seems to know what she's doing. Um, So, so all of that was way over my head for sure. Um, That actual, that whole character, Dolores. So she's the one who is, um, she's pregnant. And the first time she is really shown, first of all, she's naked and just walking around her house. And it's like in the opening credits. And as a kid, I was like, eh? I'm like, what's she doing? <laughs> totally. Now as an adult, I'm like, get it, have fun, do you what have, you want. You do it. You're in the comfort of your you own house. You are home. in your own house you're with the lights hot... on and the shades open. Enjoy. <laughs> That's fun for you. Good. I mean, hot Mississippi night, maybe no clothes is the way to go. I don't know yeah, if I'd keep I the blinds open, but you yeah, know, teach them. Yeah, for sure. Um, but as a kid, it was very much like, huh? But it's brief. And then she's brought in again and she's talking about how um a different character is the one who knocked her up and she's giving false testament and as a kid did not get a what she says is weird the whole interaction Mm -hmm. she describes is super strange and odd and the conversation doesn't feel like as an adult watching it i'm like that conversation did not happen and you can tell the police chief is also a bit skeptical as to all the details but also is willing to to you know that while the details may be fuzzy the person she's accusing is probably accurate kind of thing but as a kid i was just like she i don't get this story i don't know where this is going mm-hmm. this is where's where's virgil why isn't virgil doing stuff <laughs> like i just yeah. i found her weird i found her odd as an adult watching it it's more interesting but as a kid because of her just sort of talking about this one incident and because again it's never out and out stated until her older brother, who's there in the interview with her, is like, this is rape. And then as a kid, I was like, eh? What? And then I was what? like, that didn't sound like and rape. I was, like, I was just confused what that meant. That's confusing. But I mean, he said it and no one's saying he's wrong. And did I miss something? Like, it just, again, it's more subtly told. And so there were those kind of instances that I just, I did not pick up on yeah at all as a kid because i just wouldn't it wouldn't be in something and it was confusing enough that you're right i just wasn't like dad what do they mean mom what do they mean by that i kind of just was like just stay quiet we'll figure this out 
Right now, we're still car- we're caring more about the murder, anyways. No, right. no, these people are important. They'll tell us if they are. See, that was that was me. I was like, I don't know if I need to know this information. Yeah. So is this just, relative to the dead person? I'll just or wait not? till we get back to the dead body. Because there's other characters that ca- are introduced as suspects, and then they aren't relevant. So then you're like, is this another one of those moments? Totally. This is this not another relevant? one of those where it turns out this is not the person, but they think it's the person? So I'll just yeah. I'll wait it out. I'll wait it out. It's fine. Um, I definitely didn't always pick up on the racism. No. Like, again, there's a lot of it. There's a, it's basically the whole movie. <laughs> the whole movie is just this undercurrent for the whole movie. And so there's this scene where, actually, this was one of my favorite scenes as a kid. When Virgil is first there, he's, and um, Gillespie has found out that he's not just um, a detective, but he's a, a homicide like expert. Like he's one of the expert detectives from Philadelphia. And so he has to swallow his pride, not very well, and ask for his help. And so he has Virgil come and look at the body for him because mm-hmm. he's the expert. And so in that scene, Virgil has come in and it's this small little nothing town. So it's like the town doctor and the town I guess he's the closest they have to a coroner, but he's basically the funeral director kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And they're talking and suddenly Virgil's there and Virgil is examining this body and the two of them are like, keep giving looks to Gillespie. Like this is really weird. And then when um, Virgil takes off his coat and asks who will assist him, neither moves. Like they're just staring at him. Like he's asked them something like in another language like, he's like two heads yeah exactly it's like what are you kidding and as a kid i was just like why isn't someone taking his coat these guys are jerks like i was just like i just so remember rude. thinking i remember thinking they were stupid like i just actually thought was yeah. like, they don't get it like i yeah. honestly and one of them the the funeral director just seemed to me grumpy like i just thought he yes. was grumpy yeah and you just didn't, didn't realize that he, was, that he was being racist that he was racist and insulted that this yes. person was suddenly in their space and was taking control of the situation and was clearly more knowledgeable and therefore that was insulting right yeah. so all these layers that as an adult you're watching you're like oh there's a lot going on and as a kid you're like these guys are jerks um someone yeah. take his coat but I was also, I loved that scene because what I loved as a kid about Sidney Poitier's character was his meticulous intelligence and mm. his carefulness. So you see that in the movie when he's examining the body, he's silent. He's sort of checking for rigor mortis. He's talking to himself about this new manicure and how he's like scraping at her fingernails and he's checking color and he's, and the way he's talking and saying what sort of ingredients he needs, everything about it is so assured and knowledgeable and I was fascinated. I'm like, that's how you can tell a dead body has been around for how long? Like, I got to learn this. This is cr- okay. okay. Of course. Mortis, what does this mean? Taking notes. <laughs> She's like, yes, rigor mortis has set in on the job. Correct. <laughs> it must be at least five hours. Okay, got it. You're like, right, right, right. Fabulous, okay, fabulous. No. Thank you. Thank gotta you. check the feet and the ankles. Of course yeah. you do. Why wouldn't Obviously. you? Obviously. like, I need a thermometer. Because as you know, Chief, that's where, like, you know, the best way of getting, like, a correct temperature is through the, the brain. And I was like... The center of the brain. And you're like, noted center of the brain. Okay, got it. That's where you put that thermometer. So, in conclusion, don't get shot in the left shoulder. (laughs) The front right lobe is okay. And the center of the brain is the best indicator for heat loss after a body's dead. Yeah, that's uh, for anyone who doesn't know, getting shot in the head is better than the shoulder if you are watch The Fugitive with us. Anyway, Uh, continue. Regarding Henry. That's what Henry. I meant. The you other Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford movie. That's fine. <laughs> um, so that and like it's the same. Like there's little things where he does that all the time. Like he when one of the characters is brought in, Harvey, and he's just had a police chase after him, and uh, Sidney Poitier. Again, he's also very calm and very polite. And mm-hmm. as a kid, I didn't get that he his mannerisms kind of and his behavior was how he was able to handle the situation and keep everything kind of at an even keel to the best of his ability. As a kid, I was just like, this guy, I really like his everything. Like this, this calm demeanor is really working for me. And uh, he's exam- he asked if he can examine Harvey's hands. And he's sort of checking under his nails. He's like gripping his arms. And as a kid, I was like, this, is, I this guy just seems to always know what to do. <laughs> I was like, this is, this is amazing. And he does, it's true. <laughs> not wrong lisa not wrong that is the not wrong and he like finds like he finds the car of the guy who's been murdered and he's like very carefully like checking things he's like oh there's blood on this seat and oh i'm gonna check this little gas pedal and oh look fern root and as a kid i was just like wow 
this is how you investigate shit. I could do this. Let's just soak this all in. So I was really into any kind of, I still am, any kind of um, criminal sort of investigation networking sort Mm -hmm. of thing that he's doing. And again, his meticulousness about it all. And the fact that everyone else isn't, right? No one else is meticulous. Everyone else is just, this must be the guy. He had the wallet on him. This must be the guy. He was in the wrong place. He was running from the police. Yeah. This guy was running. This guy, you know, was caught in a lie. It's got to be him. Like without, like they arrest Virgil because he's, uh, African-American in the train station without bothering to really check his identification and find out he's a police officer before bringing him to the station. Like, you know, that kind of haphazard, we'll just go with our gut situation. I did not appreciate as a kid. So in comparison, I thought Virgil was amazing. Yeah, of course. And so everything he did, I was like, we should listen to Virgil. They all need to listen. Why aren't they listening to Virgil? They should listen to him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it annoyed me that they didn't and that's yep. why i think i like like i liked gillespie as a kid but i did not appreciate him as a character no until i was an adult because Absolutely. i wrote it's that different down. right yeah. like yeah i did not, i just didn't gillespie as an adult you're like oh my god everything about his mannerisms about his gum chewing about his lines about how he has you understand quickly he delivers his lines oh the god. delivery of the delivery is so is perfect so wonderful i really appreciated it rewatching it as an adult for sure yeah it was lost on me yeah. as a kid as a kid oh, I, for sure as a know, kid you're i like, love sydney potier so grumpy and he needs to stop arguing with sydney potier because totally. sydney potier knows what's going on everyone needs to listen to virgil like that yeah. was just the t- and it's this true my that takeaway. is an accurate takeaway but and as a but as a kid i didn't get that he also had some fair points to make absolutely right? like he calls virgil out on a couple of things too that he needs to call virgil out on and that you don't think about until he does and then you're like uh, okay okay i get what you're saying because i also think the things that he calls out virgil on are things that as a kid you can't comprehend the no the no. thought processes that go into those call and i'm being very vague in how i say it because he basically calls him out on on being like i don't think you could live with yourself leaving us alone in this town not helping on this case like you couldn't possibly bear it because you are so much smarter than all Mm -hmm. of us you need to prove every one of us wrong and i was like as a kid i would never understand that conversation at all and as an adult i was like Ooh, that is not wrong. But that's also, hidden home. Yeah, and that's pretty like, harsh. Gut punch. Like, okay. Like, ooh, and go. it's the same as when like Virgil is like, there's a, a gentleman we haven't spoken of him yet. His name is Endicott, and he basically is one of the powerhouses in this small town and runs a pretty awful company. That's a cotton company. Yeah, <laughs> you that can still uses mostly pickers, Af- African American. Yep. Yep. And he is hella racist like probably one of the most racist people in the movie and Virgil suspects him and really wants it to be him and and Gillespie calls him on that calls him on you want it to be him you're You're just just like like everyone else you're just like us too when he says it you're like He's like, oh, oh damn, boy. he's not wrong. You're because, just like us. And I was like, oh no, my because God. Because that's what Virgil's right. thinking up until this point. Like, you're always picking the wrong person. You're always acting on instinct. You're always going on what, like, your emotions you're are You're basing you. your decision on racism in a lot totally. of those things. And, so then when, and then he's doing ooh, the same thing. thing. And to have that called out, and again, missed as a kid, but as an adult, you're like, ooh. Yeah, he's definitely. Not, again, He's not wrong. Yeah. And it's also true because as an audience member, you're like, yeah, let it be Endicott. I yeah, you, well, yeah you're rooting it for being yeah. Endicott. A hundred percent. You yeah. want it to be Endicott. You also, and then when he says it, you realize as an audience member, you're like, oh shit, I'm doing I'm it I'm also doing that. I'm yep. also guilty of the same I'm, thing. I too am biased. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> way to, check my way own to prejudices. Yeah. I feel attacked a little bit. I will um, say one thing that did confuse me as a kid. So there are two police officers who are brothers, Courtney and Courtney, basically, because um, their last name. I forget what their first name is. One is are. Harold, and I don't know what the other one is. I don't remember what the other one is, but their last names are Courtney, so Gillespie always calls them Courtney, which is kind of interesting. But as a kid, I was like, wait, but it's the same person, because you mostly see one brother more than the other. And whenever Gillespie is like, didn't I tell you to fix, you know, that gate? Or didn't I tell you to get oil for the air conditioner? 
the one he's talking to always blames it on his brother. He's like, no, you must have told my brother Harold. He he works days kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay. And as a kid, I was like, Harold doesn't exist. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I thought that because the other thing too, everyone, Gillespie, the chief, is new. He's yes. new to the job. Yeah. So the other police officers have been around a little bit longer. They've so been they kind longer of know play pranks and they all grew up together. And so you can tell they have like, hey, watch out, Gillespie's looking for you. Like that kind of a thing. They have and more so of a rapport with each other. Yeah. Yes. And so he they're it does feel like they're playing a prank on him when he's like, that must have been my brother. And then later on in the movie, the brother shows up and they're like, oh shit, that's his brother. <laughs> but like, he still yeah. calls him Courtney. So then I was like, is his name Courtney? Which one's I Courtney? And I was so like, are they both Courtney? Is that last name? Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't understand it. I knew it was funny, but I also, I genuinely thought the other Courtney didn't exist. Yeah, totally. At all. I, agree. I missed it. I was just like, I don't know what's happening. And I really wish they'd stop doing that to Gillespie. And they but do also look kind of so similar. Oh, man. But you're kind so of funny. like, they must have gotten brothers. The like, they must. Person? Yeah. Oh, my it's God. It's funny. Anyway, yes. It is. It is really funny. Um, as a kid, so like, yeah, so every, any scene with Virgil being the focus and showing off his smarts was always like a favorite. I, I, again, didn't always get the subtlety, like, um, when Virgil has done his, basically his examination of the dead body, and he comes with all this information, and they've caught Harvey, this guy who had found the wallet, and had run when he realized what he'd done and was going to be most likely blamed for the murder, and they brought him in, and Virgil has figured out very quickly that he can't be the guy who's the murderer because he's left-handed and the murderer after his examination is right-handed and tries to tell Gillespie, but Gillespie doesn't want to hear it. But then he refuses to turn over the evidence he's collected for his examination. So Gillespie then arrests him and puts him in jail and he ends up in the same cell as Harvey. And as a kid, I don't think I fully got that he was properly arrested because then Virgil tells Harvey, like starts questioning Harvey like a police officer would because he's taking, it's smart, he's taking the opportunity. He's like, all right, I'm in this cell anyways, might as well see what Harvey knows. And Harvey at first doesn't believe him, but he's like, you know, there's all these other empty cells. They put me in here with you. So uh, why would they put me in with you? Think well, about let's, it. Let's, let's think about it. Why don't you answer my questions? And he shows him his badge. And so he gets Harvey talking. And so as a kid, I was like, did they put him in there on purpose to question? Harvey? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could see that. <laughs> I could see how that would be a thought process for and sure. And it was because I just, but then I was also like, but he seemed, but then like he brings in the, the thing for Virgil. And I think I ended up having to ask. I think I might have asked just for clarification of did they put him in there on purpose and then had to be told like, no, no, but he's smart. And it was like, yeah, he is smart. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. God, I got that yeah. right. That's all but the he's answer smart. I needed. Check. He's okay, smart. Right. That's all I need to know. Proceed. Let's keep watching. Continue <laughs> onward. Absolutely. That's all I need to know. And you're like, yes, perfect. Agreed. Uh, yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the scene that is extremely men- memorable, we mentioned it in the trivia episode. And as a kid, I was like, the slap, the slap. slap. It's pretty impressive. Which is so good. I didn't get why he slapped him as a kid. Like as a kid, I, so in this scene with the Endicott guy. um, So Virgil is like, just kind of subtly bringing up points that slowly would indicate that who the man who was murdered had visited Endicott the night of his murder. And so he was in this greenhouse. And so, So Virgil is very subtly, um, not accusing, but he's establishing to Gillespie, who's in this greenhouse with, so so the scene is Endicott and Virgil and Gillespie are all in Endicott's greenhouse and they're talking about plants and whatnot, but the things that get brought up slowly indicate that someone who was in this greenhouse drove the victim's car and it could have been the victim but it could have been someone else like what's going on here so anyway so as Virgil is establishing a little bit of why he's there there he starts to explain okay well you by your own declaration would have missed this gentleman the least out of all of the (laughs) people in town and it's a very subtle way of you know, trying to let him know that this is where his head is at. And as he's talking, Endicott very stubbornly starts walking over to where Virgil is. And in the middle of talking, he just slaps it. And then Virgil 
slaps him back Ugh. instantaneously. Yeah, like it's just a reaction. Like his slaps. reaction is like yeah. slap, slap. That's it. It's like slap, slap. So as a kid, I didn't get the nuance of what Virgil mm. was saying because he doesn't outright say like, oh, I think you may have had he's a part being, of the Again, he's being very careful. He's careful and he's, with how he's using his words and how he's yep. bringing up this topic because he doesn't want to outright, as you say, accuse Endicott because he knows that that could get him into trouble. But he does. He also doesn't like Endicott. So he's being a little bit cheeky with how he's phrasing things. But again, mm-hmm. in such a polite way, it'd be hard pressed to say what exactly was insulting and what exactly was leading to this Moment. questioning uh, of the fact that this man may have murdered or had something to do with this gentleman's demise. And he does not like that at all. And it's a very <laughs> intense scene. And yes. then Gillespie, the police chief, has no idea what to do with it. So then they have a moment. Virgil leaves. Gillespie follows. That's the end of that moment. And then Virgil obviously gets yelled at by, by Gillespie, <laughs> who tells him, he's like, I didn't know you were going to go slap, go around slapping white men, least of all Endicott. <laughs> so that's, that's that a great scene. interaction and exchange. But it's, it's just this moment. It's very heavy. It's very important. It matters a lot. And as a kid, I know that I was mm. like, why did he slap him like i just didn't get why he slapped him and then i remember with endicott i was confused in the sense that when you first meet him he seems very charming and friendly because he invites them in he offers them like i'll get you a drink and lemonade and it's interesting because virgil's tone is also very friendly when they're first meeting because like gillespie's like nope we don't need it and virgil's very much like oh i'll have something to drink of course anything light like anything and he's like okay we'll bring some lemonade in. and so as a kid i'm like these two like each other yeah gillespie's just being grumpy like usual yeah. so for me it was more interesting because i was more like what is happening because it went from these yeah. very friendly interactions of, we're talking about orchids now we both like orchids okay loving orchids cool cool they're bonding and then Endicott says something super racist. And even as a kid, I was like, that's not a nice word. We don't, we don't use that word. And then he keeps talking and Virgil's still kind of smiling. But then it's again, the toning is slowly shifting. And as a kid, I'm like, I'm picking up on something happening, but I'm not oh, sure what's happening. I, but no I know it's I changing. Oh man. Good but job, I don't Lisa. know why it's changing. Like I, right. I wasn't fully there, but I was also yeah. like, things are going badly things are <laughs> gonna start heading south pretty soon i don't know why and then when the slap happened i was like Ooh. and i well see i think that's also- fascinating to me wait yeah. hang on a sec because okay. you were able to be like well that's not a nice word we don't use that word but i that word had been said earlier in the movie by characters that we actually are okay with <laughs> so uh, that was my confusion was i was like okay so we just say this word around here <laughs> Okay, that's fine. So I didn't pick up any of the tones. Like what you're describing on the tone shift, I didn't get. And they're still talking pleasantly. And even Sidney Poitier is mentioning very casually, you know, well, if this gentleman were murdered, you'd be the least upset about it. You know, totally. that's kind of interesting. And then he slaps him. And I was like, whoa, what happened? <laughs> and you're like, how did we get to this point? And I just remember how as soon as... get here? Yeah. And I, I wasn't fully... I, like, I would no, say I'm maybe like slightly above you, but it wasn't right. like I was like... I figured this out. I was also more like, I'm just like, what? This is going to change. And then it changed too fast. Mm. But I was like, whoa, whoa that, that was an escalation I wasn't prepared for. So I was genuinely shocked right. when the slap happened. But I remember also being really happy that Sidney Bhatti slapped him back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I was very much like, oh, he hit him. Oh, he hit him back. Oh, okay. And then and I then... laughing. Because Gillespie is chewing his gum like he always is. He's just chewing his gum, watching their interaction unfold. And then when the slap happens, he stops chewing his gum and is staring. In awe. Because he has no idea, too, how this happened as fast as it did. Totally. And I remember that made me laugh because it was just this chew, chew, chew up. Because he chews very fast. How he chews his gum is also a fantastic characteristic of his, I have to say. But the other thing about it is, I, I, I mean, not not to shift dramatically from here, but I just, anyone who maybe listened to our Silverado episode or basically any <laughs> other episode with a black person in the movie, I never understood the racism directed at any of the, the people of any other ethnicity. It just... 
it blows my mind how little I picked up on racism as a child. I can't, I don't know how. I don't know how. So in this movie, I really struggled with. You really missed out a lot. I missed most of the hostilities of this movie, other than the very obvious, like, clans members who are trying to beat the shit out of Virgil. Those ones I got. But I also, like, things like, for Mm. example, the there's a man who owns a, a diner in the movie oh, and yes. he refuses to serve Virgil. They he, Virgil shows up with the chief and one of the other officers, Sam. They're following Sam's route from the night when he discovered the body. And Gillespie, the chief, is like, Virgil, what do you have? And this guy is like, I'm not serving him. And I just remember being like, why not? And then and <laughs> mom was like, mom was like, because he's because he's Sidney Poitier's character. Like, he's black. And I was like, oh, uh, Okay, that's weird. And then we continue on, and then there's another moment that happens. So, what I, I appreciate gravity... about this is you would have had to have seen Silverado end in the heat of the night pretty close uh, together. together. <laughs> it didn't matter. It was still, didn't, still didn't clock it. I still didn't get it. I was like, why? Why aren't we serving him? I don't understand. And it was like, so, so mm. the gravity of Virgil slapping Endicott was mm. God, no way. I thought it was like because they were also so amicable towards each other mm. that I that I I was like they're on the same level they're and because he's so the other thing too I think because of you your same thought process he is so intelligent he's so smart he's a well-respected homicide officer in Philadelphia everyone's going to respect this man's opinion obviously mm-hmm. no one's going to have these biases as we move on <laughs> so so in my head Endicott and Virgil are same plane they're the same playing field right mm-hmm. here and so then when they slap each other I didn't get that that was a really big effing deal like that Mm. no and so that was interesting to watch it as an adult because I have watched it but not as often as you and I was like oh yeah no I definitely didn't get any of that as a kid I it's so funny I I did get I I don't think I was confused about the fact that they were mean to him because he was like I think because we'd seen movies like Civil War and I think probably because you asked my brain was like oh those bad like those guys are terrible they're mean to him because he's black right who would like and and when then as a result it was upsetting it was like i don't right. like that they're right that's the, nor- that that's the right response Lisa. and i and i that's i'm good. glad that Gillespie, like when gillespie helps him in the fight i was like okay they're definitely friends now because gillespie just helped him obviously they have to be friends. they have to be otherwise he would have joined the fight and then i'd know he was a bad guy but he's right. not so therefore they're okay they're these i can cheer for gillespie just as much as i can cheer for virgil like that was what gillespie was one over in my opinion i get it i was I unsure because it. it's tricky because there's a lot of these side conversations happening with him and these other white towns members who aren't nice and then when it comes you know when the chips are down though and virgil's about to be attacked as pauline said by these you know racist ku klux klan guys who have confederate flags on their cars which i did not understand as a kid oh no of course i not. saw them and i was like i don't know what that means but i don't like these guys as an adult watching you're like oh okay Oh, I get yeah. that flag mm-hmm. and what that I get means. That reference. Yeah, maybe other people need to watch this movie to understand what that flag means. Oh, but anyway, maybe maybe they need to co- you know, those take people that probably in. aren't going to be watching this movie anyway. Go on, or taking the same takeaway. Uh, but anyways, he ends up cornered, and these four um, racist assholes are basically threatening him with like pipes and chains and everything else, and they're all just about to gang up on him. And then Gillespie comes in, and again, what I appreciate as an adult is he's so casual. He's he so comes casual. in, he's chewing his gum, he's watching this unfold, and then only when it's about to get, like, they're about to fight, does he step in. Like, he's like, alright, we're watching this, we're watching this, we're watching this, okay, now I'm gonna say something. Mm-hmm. And then again, what I liked, as a kid, what I liked is he, again, is very casually going up to them, because one of them calls him an insulting name. And he turns and he goes, what did you say? And then they basically threaten him again. And what I like is he pulls one of the guys forward, <laughs> slaps him really fast, multiple times across his back face. and <laughs> forth and back, back and, and forth. forth. It's great. It's a great like, moment. Like, he, like, it's amazing. And then he just throws it back and he's like, yeah. And then the other guy goes to make a move and he gut punches him. And then again, it's done so casually. Like, he doesn't like this is just normal behavior like oh just pick this guy up like it's nothing punch this guy like it's nothing all right go on home like it's 
as a kid, I think I was like, I like this. He didn't really take much effort on his part. And look, yeah, they're totally. all leaving. Like, I really like Gillespie. That was when I was a kid was like, Gillespie salvage. I agree. I agree. That was my takeaway from that scene as well. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, okay, we're on board with this. And then the finale, I won't spoil who the the person is, but I will say as a kid, I was like, because it, because an aspect of it is this abortion angle. It was lost on me a little (laughs) as to what had happened. Yes. Yes. Here I was basically like, so he did it because, because why and that whole thing it happens very fast and someone else gets shot in the midst of it and then there and there was a kid i was like what that person wait what and then it pans and it's the person confessing in a tape recorder and then i was like okay i can i get this okay he's telling me okay 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 he's telling the story okay i i can understand this bit yeah okay the fight i was confused at but now that he's just explaining it outright in this tape recorder. Totally. I get it, what happened. It's like ending in a nice little bow is what has ended up happening with that. It really helped me out recorder. as a kid. Yeah, me too, for sure. That was definitely essential. I still didn't actually get that whole fight that happens. No, though. like why they're no. fighting and why, why they're fighting and, the, and, you're like, and how Virgil turns them against each other. Yeah, I didn't that's... fully get either. No, I was just happy it worked. I was like, I don't know what he's saying, but it seems to be upsetting them. <laughs> totally. I was like, okay, it's drawing focus. This is good. He this is good. Virgil's not getting shot. Himself. This good. is what I, this is what matters. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah, agree. So I, was... I totally agree. Uh, so I, that whole finale, that whole finale as a kid, Woo! I was like, yeah. huh. Which is funny, too, that we like this movie so much because we didn't really get the ending. Like, the weight of the ending was Was lost. lost. Was so, lost. I think why I loved it, though, was just because of the two of characters. Yes. Because of Virgil. And then because I did end up liking Gillespie. So then when we rewatched it, I was like, I know this guy's good. So now I can enjoy him from the start all the way through. Absolutely. And Agreed. the way that they talk to each other, I then was like, these two are just fun together. Like, I like them. <laughs> Look at him always being grumpy and look at him always having to tell him to stop it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is fun. So it's totally why we watched it. It was for the characters. It was not for this mystery. I really got to know how it's wrapped. Yeah. Up. Like you kind of, you, you kind of stop caring about who murdered him because mm-hmm. there's so many, this movie has so many other layers to the mm-hmm. story that it, mm-hmm. the murder is just, it's just like it's a means, means to an end really that's exactly what i was gonna say. I was like it's just a yes. means to keep virgil in town so we have to watch this terrible interaction of him basically existing as a black police officer in mississippi in 1967 and you're like oh shit this isn't going well so and it's, it's utterly engaging and dramatic and yeah like, even as children i was like and even as children who weren't always picking up on everything and didn't fully cooperate what's happening we were utterly engrossed. Absolutely. So as an adult watching it, you're like, now that I understand all of it, I'm more engrossed. Like, this is a great movie. Yeah. It is. It's very funny. It's very yeah. funny. It's just funny that children. we were like, you know what? I'm good with this. And it's like, we didn't get any of the ending. And I love it. Nope. So and we're still great. good with it. Hey, he's oh, leaving okay. on a trade and they're smiling at each other. I love this ending. That's good. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Spoiler, Virgil is not the one who gets shot in the fight that we're talking about. There you go, there you go I, everyone. I wouldn't love this movie as much if Virgil, if Virgil died. died if some racist white guy shot him, you'd be like, I would have been like, this, this is the movie again. worst movie yeah. I've ever seen. You made the only me love character that's for? a decent human being is gets killed. Anyway, so that doesn't happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Anything well, else I, you want to add? I feel like I've um, talked about all my stuff. Anything you were missing? Oh, really? Honestly, all all I would elaborate on is is just how I didn't get so much of the racism. Mm. So I don't mm. really have anything. There okay. is one moment where, um, so Virgil is going to stay in town begrudgingly, much to his chagrin. He's stuck he really in town. doesn't want to. And much to Chief Gillespie's chagrin, <clears throat> he's stuck in town. So the chief sets him up with a vehicle through a. a black mechanic who's who's fixing up cars and he's like give him something that runs the police will pay for it no problem and there's an interaction with Sidney Potty's character mm. that's very interesting with this very very poor black family and Virgil is standing there in his suit and it's referenced mm-hmm. a couple of times there's a one of the white guys asks him why he's wearing white man's clothes and I remember being yep. like what does that mean? Those you're are just like, clothes. Like, Those are, he's wearing clothes are worn by everybody, aren't they? And so that <laughs> was confusing. But so there's this interaction with the mechanic when 
he offers him basically a place to stay and mm. Virgil says that he's going to go find a motel and then the mechanic just laughs in his face and he's like okay sure and grabs his suitcase and he's like mama we got company and that's it I remember and loving him as a kid I'm like this guy seems nice see and I I was confused by all of them because no one's smiling either there's no and then only after that interaction did the children even smile and I'm that's like, true okay yeah so this is safe but I was worried for him because I was like he is standing very awkwardly very stiffly he's not interacting mm. with anybody and no one's being very friendly because even the mechanic is quite cautious when talking to him because he's trying to figure out who this guy is what's going on so the to be honest the interaction between the two of them seemed less pleasant than that between him and Hendicott so I was very like <laughs> What's going on here? And then, it's true. Like facial expression wise and tone wise. And undertone and subtext. Yeah. Yeah. I was way too young to get any of the subtext for this movie. So I remember that oh, for scene sure. just confused me. I was like, is this a good thing or a bad thing? And then the next <laughs> thing you know, Virgil has a car and everything's fine. I'm like, so it was fine. Like, because so then it just, you no never see them again. Problems. Yeah, you never we're, see that family again. So we're you okay. Just, you just you're like okay cool you're like cool, okay cool. Virgil's fine and so that was just one scene that I remember just confusing me and mm. I remember it I didn't I wasn't not confused for a long time watching that scene like I remember being like I don't know why he's laughing I don't get why he's not staying at a motel but oh because again I didn't get why he wasn't staying at a motel so I just it oh I, I wouldn't it, have gotten that either I don't have yeah. a memory of it but I'm sure I wasn't like I I think I just assumed it was like this guy's letting him know he doesn't have to. He can stay yeah. at his house. That's right. nice. Like I'm being so friendly. And I'm like, I don't know if Virgil wants to stay here. Virgil's not giving any bodily indication that he's okay here. Why doesn't he just go to a motel? So yeah, To be fair, was... though, Virgil, through most of the movie, does yeah, not cause... give any indication that he's cool with anything happening. Because he isn't. Virgil basically 100%. isn't cool with anything that happens in this movie. So, um, okay. So I think that's good. I think we've established most of um, most of our, of our utter our... misunderstandings. Yeah. And yet still love of this movie. Basically, yeah. the yeah. entire movie. Yeah. I think is the gravity <laughs> of the whole movie was lost on us. Uh, okay. So then, Lisa, we'll move on to our next question. Of course, um, the Bechtel test. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell everyone what the Bechtel test is, and then if this movie passes it? No. I mean, yes, obviously, I will. Um, so the Bechtel test is uh, basically a way of examining films while looking at female characters in them. So it's not a perfect test, but it's just kind of supposed to get you thinking about how female characters are written in comparison to male characters, how many there are, what sort of conversations they have, what development they're given, just so you can sort of pay attention to that. And especially in older films, you know, just, just all kinds. And so in order to pass the Bechtel test, you need to have two named female characters who have a conversation with each other And the conversation has to be about anything other than a man or men. And this movie does not pass, mainly because even though there are some great female characters in this movie, two of them were nominated for Golden Globes for Best Supporting Actresses, they never interact with each other. They're always kept separate. It passes number one. But nothing. But further. nothing else. Actually, there's nope. three. Like there's three named yeah. female characters who have quite a bit of speaking parts with the and other have characters. very important roles in the very movie. Very important roles. I will say, as a kid, uh, Mrs. and Mrs. Uh, no, what's it? Callahan? Is that the guy yeah, who was murdered? Callahan? Yeah, Callahan. Yeah. Yeah. She. I really liked her as a Me kid. Too. I really thought she was I lovely. Loved her. I loved how much she supported Virgil. Obviously, yes. it would make me love her more. But I also 100%. really liked the interaction where he has to inform her. And he does it quite sweet, like it's very direct and uh, like, kind at the yeah. same time. Because she's also been waiting to hear forever and no one is telling her anything about her husband. No one's given her that courtesy and he decides to just, we got to tell her. So he just goes in on his own, tells her. And the way it's handled, it's just handled so well. Yeah, it but anyways, is. but she's a really great character too. And we didn't really mention because her at all in our talk. The other about. thing too, I do want to say is she's... Mm-hmm. One of the only white people in the film who's not racist. Yes. Like, because she's not. So refreshing. Her husband aren't from this town. They're from Chicago. They moved from Chicago, a very predominantly black population up there with very progressive, you know, northern values. So they have a, they're going to build a factory that houses, that houses, that employs, um, 50% 50% black and 50% white people. So I was like, that's a huge deal. So they're like, did this get him murdered? So they have very progressive views mm-hmm. on 
the mixing of races, which is obviously not a huge, uh, super awesome, popular thing uh, in Mississippi at the time. And so she's just a character that insists that Virgil has to stay. She's actually the reason he's forced to stay. Because and in her mind, she's she witnesses he's the how only competent, competent he is as a police officer. And, and she's, she's like, like I, I need him to solve mm-hmm. my husband's murder. I don't trust any of you racist assholes to do it well so yep. this yep. guy's gonna do it and, it's and as crazy. a kid i'm like she knows what's up yeah she's so, the only one who seems to know what's up we should trust her and listen to her and where is she why isn't she more in this movie totally but it yeah. is refreshing that she is a, a woman in the mm-hmm. in that role mm-hmm. um in that Absolutely. sense that being that voice of reason which is so and a very and strong personality she's yeah, absolutely she's as we said there she's not in the movie a lot but when she is she leaves an impression and she's like if you don't do it i'll pack up my husband's factory and leave you to yourselves and you're like oh yeah that's great that's a good threat yeah okay, okay. yeah but there so, we go so no does not pack the pass the Bechtel test so sorry okay Lisa mm-hmm. so this is gonna be a loaded question <laughs> I think I all know the answer to this one Lisa so we asked the question is there anything offensive in the movie and what we want to preface with is is there anything in this movie people need to be made aware of something that could be traumatizing something that didn't age well in terms of what worked at the time that doesn't work now are there themes in the film that are maybe touchy Mm -hmm. Lisa would you say what do you think you know what uh no no no, this movie's totally fun I don't have any issues no touchy touchy let's just go right on through to the next one yeah, so, okay. so this one obviously the the whole point of this story is to showcase the the racist views that are present in Mississippi at this time. Like that is is prevalent throughout the whole movie, accurate to the time period, mm-hmm. accurate to what was happening. Um, as we said in the trivia episode, uh, Sidney Poitier insisted that this wasn't actually filmed in Mississippi because he and a friend were almost murdered by Ku Klux Klan members when they were in Mississippi. So. This is quite accurate in terms of how people behaved and spoke to any African-Americans at this time. And so that is upsetting. So if you, I would hope, though, if you're going to be watching this movie and knowing the plot, you would be expecting these kind of interactions and everything. But it's still difficult to watch. It's still upsetting. It's still angering to see how this behavior is done. Um but it also is serving a purpose to the story. So I will say it's not done for the sake of just being, being done. Yeah. It's done with a purpose and to point out and to, it's still quite relevant in my opinion um, for how people are interacting and how people are treating others. So just to know that language, uh, the N word is dropped multiple, multiple times. times. The use of the word boy. So derogatory and demeaning is constantly tossed at Sidney Poitier's character throughout the whole movie um, and obviously the violence the intended violence against Virgil people threatening his life repeatedly that happens throughout the movie um, that's kind of like the main core of it to be honest but just be aware that that's what's going to be happening there is talk of as we said the word rape is tossed out um, because one of the characters, she's 16, and she is telling us, um, uh, giving information about how she w- had sex with is someone pregnant. who was older and was pregnant by them, and therefore that's rape under the the laws of the t- uh, of Mississippi. And so just know that that is something that is talked about in the movie as well, too. As we said, abortion is talked about a lot in this movie. That is, you know, depending your viewpoint and how you're feeling about that, that is a crucial part of this this movie um and obviously abortion was illegal at the time and not readily available so how it's sort of done is upsetting really to think about and to think that that's sort of the norm uh especially yes nowadays yeah now Mm. when we illegal at the time you say lisa illegal at the time oh yeah what an age what a, to live in where that would be. To, I know it's hard just, to picture. That's terrible. And to toss yourself back to a time when it was illegal. Yeah. God, <sighs> I'm mad. We're lucky we live in the times we do now, for sure. Yeah. So just mm-hmm. know you're going to be watching and going, wait, wait. 
So these are the days where these are the days. Are we reverting? You're yeah. like, oh damn it. Yeah. Um, you might feel that way watching it. You might actually be watching it going, oh god, we're reverting back. That's not yeah. good. Yeah, that's terrible. And that could be triggering and upsetting to you. And I totally get that. Hundred mm-hmm, percent. Um, that's true. Anything mm-hmm. else, Pauline, you want to add in? No, I mean that's that. That's kind of mm-hmm. covers it. It's very, very generally throughout the whole movie. Yeah. That's, yeah. There you it's have just, it. It's there. Yeah. It's the whole time. It's the whole time you're watching. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So then, Lisa, let's move yes. on to, uh, I'd say, like our second <laughs> favorite part of the, of the, <laughs> the episode where we discuss uh, our ratings for this film. So mm. a couple parts to this question, as you all, as you know. Um, yes. Thoughts on this movie? Did you like it? Will you watch it again? Do you recommend <laughs> it to others? If so, what type of person would you recommend it to? Um, and then what would you give it out of 10? Obviously, I like this movie. I love this movie. I own this movie. I own it actually both as Blu-ray and DVD. Uh, somehow, I don't oh. know how I did that, but I did mm-hmm. it. Um, I I love Sidney Poitier. I love Rod Steiger's performance. The performances are what make this movie for me. I obviously have seen this many times since I was a kid. I haven't seen it since we started the podcast because, of course, it. I knew it was potentially going to be one of the ones we picked. This is so I haven't watched it in probably like it's been probably like three years since I last saw it. Um, but it held up. It is what I expected. The performances were still amazing. The dialogue, um, again, that subtlety, the perf- like everything. I loved the chemistry. Um, I will say the the sort of all the red herrings, the different suspects, there's a lot of them, but it's kind of fun to watch them get brought up and then tossed out and then brought up and tossed out because it's but fun you to really watch. don't know. Who you don't know it. who's done it. I actually appreciate how much you're like, I don't know. I have no idea. And they're all terrible people. So you're like, I don't know. I don't and know. And you kind of want them all to, but not that one, but maybe this one. I can't, and, and it's, and the reveal actually does make sense. And it, I actually think it's quite fitting. I think it's quite a fitting mm-hmm. end to how the, to why the murder took place, to be honest. So I'm quite satisfied by the whole mystery as well as by everything else. And I will say I don't focus as much on the mystery as I do on all the other aspects, on the subtleties, on the cleverness of the characters' interactions, on the sort of deep-rooted... It, there is deep-rooted racism and it's horrible to watch, but at the same time you're fascinated because of all the layers that are happening on every interaction, how it's affecting each of the characters, where they're coming from, why they'd be saying the bullshit they're saying and how Virgil has to constantly put up with so much bullshit, but he's so good at what he's doing and so smart that you're just like, all right, he's going to win this. And he does. He's going to prove himself for being as smart as he is. It's going to be great. And at the same time, I appreciate the layers. He's not perfect. Gillespie certainly isn't a perfect character, but damn, he's a very engaging character. All the characters are really, to be honest, they're exactly what they should be. Um, I really, I think it's held up very, very well. I think it's actually quite relevant today um, mm-hmm. and definitely worth watching today. 100%. And I would recommend it to quite a wide audience. If you've never seen this movie, you should see it. If you at all care for excellent performances, um, a tight script, um, if you at all love Sidney Poitier and for some reason haven't seen this, but I mean, just if you're looking for more classic cinema that is held up, this one has. Which is rare. This it's is very rare. You think. We've learned it's yeah. actually pretty rare. It's rarer um, than I thought. <laughs> I, yeah, I thought so too. We really have proven that We repeatedly. both thought this podcast would be more fun watching movies. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. And not heartbreaking. Um, oh, the, oh, no, I'm seeing movies for what they truly are, and it's hard. And this yep. one, thankfully, is as good as I remember and continues to be excellent. So I wouldn't recommend it for small children. We were too young to <laughs> yeah. have watched it. I agree. I would agree. You know, young teens and up really is where you're going to be looking for this one. And again, that's up to you for how you feel comfortable. But if you saw it before and you haven't seen it for years, rewatch it. It's going to be as good as you remember. If we've talked about this movie and described it and you're like, you know what? That doesn't seem like my kind or that's a little too intense for what I'm in the mood for. Then pass. Give it a pass. Totally respect that. But if you're at all curious, if you're at all interested 
I I totally think for most people, this is just a well done dramatic mystery with excellent characters. So go for it if you haven't seen it. And if that's at all what you're interested in, you're going to, you're going to like it. Um, Out of 10, this movie gets a 10. Ah, <laughs> it gets a be. 10, mainly because the performances from Sidney Poitier and Rod Steger make it worthy of a 10. They are genuinely superb. And damn, Rod Steger deserved his Oscar. He really did. I never thought of it as a kid. I was very disappointed that Sidney Poitier didn't get the Oscar. Totally. As, a kid. And as I an mean, adult. As an adult. And I think Sidney okay Poitier should have been nominated for sure, but. I really love Rod Steiger in this movie. And He's great. I think there's a lot more subtlety. And as an adult, I really appreciate it more. And I just, I know there's still some nostalgia tied onto it, which is very entertaining to think of this movie as a nostalgic movie. Yeah, that's, that is funny. That's true. That's true. Um, but I will say that as an adult, now that I grasp it all and understand it all, I really think it's, it's excellent. So yeah, there you go. Pauline, right. what yeah. about you? Um, I basically agree completely. I mean, I feel like this is a movie that I haven't watched in a while. I don't know the last time I watched it. I'd say it's probably been at least 10 years, not because mm. I don't like it, but because, you know, I didn't own the DVD and, and it, accessibility through online streaming didn't exist, you know, 10, 15 years ago. So um, I'm glad I watched it. I'll definitely watch it again. Um, it was everything I wanted it to be and more because I haven't seen it in so long. It was nice to watch it and, it was just a good movie it's just a good watch it was Mm -hmm. like it's engaging it's interesting it has funny moments it's got great acting it's well written Mm -hmm. um and the it is relevant it is important and a lot of the hot button topics going on today Mm -hmm. actually really are abundant in this movie so it's very it's very interesting watching it nowadays um just given the heat of the of the world uh right now so that was i enjoyed that a lot so i would recommend it i think i'd recommend it to everybody honestly if this doesn't sound like your movie because of the mood just wait till you're in the mood for a a drama a well-acted film i mean it, it does have again very heavy topics if there are are traumas involved obviously don't don't i'm not telling you to put yourself in a position where you're going to be traumatized please don't do that but if you if you honestly um have never seen this movie or never heard of it this is a fantastic Mm. one to watch i really really if you don't love sydney potier because maybe you're not super familiar with his work this is a great one to start with i would actually say this is this has held up better than to start with love did yes and so i would say this is the movie to watch of his personally yeah, 100%. Um, um, out of 10, I'm going to give it a 9.5. And the only Ooh. reason is because of the ending and because the the it gets wrapped up so quickly mm. in a way that I think is, I think it's too quick. I would say this script is fantastic. They needed to add like 10 more lines of dialogue mm. to wrap it all up a little bit better i think i think it ends i feels that to me is what ages it Mm. Uh, i feel like you wouldn't have gotten away with that that ending um nowadays whereas everything else i think is it held up quite well um so anyway so that's what i would say so um respect yeah 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 there you have it everyone uh lisa Mm -hmm. let's do our favorite part of the the pod uh quotes movie quotes so anyone who doesn't know um we as a family communicate to each other in movie quotes um yes. we That's quote we random affection. things from random movies all the time um so this one has a few of those lisa are let's start off with a few of our favorite quotes from this movie well one i love is as i said when it's when virgil is first pulled into the police station and he's having a first conversation with gillespie and um sam officer sam is the one who's pulled him in and this is your first introduction to him you don't know who he is you just know he was waiting for a train and he's been pulled in and he's Sidney Poitier and uh gillespie and him are talking and he has a whole bunch of money in his wallet and Gillespie basically just says to me, he's just, I mean, he's like, where are you from? He's been asking him questions. And Sidney Poitier has been answering very politely, but very tightly, because he's not happy to be there. And Gillespie just goes, just what do you do up there in old Pennsylvania to, in, uh, old Pennsylvania to earn yourself that kind of money? And Sidney's response is to go, I'm a police officer. Very abrupt, very straightforward. And it's at that moment that Gillespie realizes oh shit he's he's really stepped in it 
and it's all Wood's fault. And I really appreciate the back and forth, but it's just the first time you're introduced to him and you don't know it's coming and then it happens and you're like, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a satisfying <laughs> one for sure. You're, you're all screwed. Yeah. You guys are, you guys really arrested the wrong man. Yeah, you really one. fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Um, so there's another moment. So that exchange um, when... Sidney Poitier's character is very gladly about to leave the police station, hoping mm. to never return. Um, he's been offered by his police chief, police chief to go look at the body. He doesn't think this help will be asked for. The chief confirms it, hangs up the phone, and then Gillespie asks him to look at the body. <laughs> so before he leaves, he's like, you get paid $162 a week to look at the dead bodies. Why can't you look at one more? And he says, why can't you look for yourself? Because I'm not an expert, officer. Mm. <laughs> and it's so good because that every moment up until officer. Yeah. Up until that point, he's been referred to as boy. He's been talked down to. He mm-hmm. he's they don't think that he is someone on their level. And that is the first moment that Gillespie has to swallow his pride mm-hmm. and call him officer. And you can tell it it takes so much in him. It hurts him. It hurts him so much. And I love that. Again, I feel like we're never going to do all these quotes justice because I think the delivery it's about is the what matters yeah. the most. Yeah. So that just FYI, everyone. Lisa. One of the ones I love is so after they've caught Harvey, who is on the run, and Sidney Potter's characters come in to show um, the chief what he's learned from his examination of the body. And he's overhearing the police officers talk and he examines Harvey and, and sort of afterwards he's, he's asking, he's like, is he left-handed? And one of the guys like, I believe Harvey is a Southpaw. Don't you think so? Shake back. Well, what if he is, what does that make him innocent? And I just, again, it's, it's says very little but mm-hmm. says a lot when he in those first couple interactions and yeah. they're in very quiet and it's again one of those moments where you're like oh damn <laughs> like it's funny because he doesn't divulge all the information at no. once he waits for them to ask more questions <laughs> foolishly casually and he just chirps in with very important information that it's like maybe you could have started with that but it was great it's so mm-hmm. good um yeah uh, I love, okay, so after they determine that Harvey um, is left-handed, so he is a Southpaw, and so everybody in town knows that, Chief, et cetera, so that happens. <laughs> then then uh, Gillespie comes out and he says, Courtney, change the charge to theft. And Courtney says, you mean Harv? Well, who in the hell else do we have back there? And they have no <laughs> one back there. So it's just so awesome because Gillespie is very short-tempered and he gets very frustrated very easily. And he gets frustrated at all of the other police officers all the time. And it's so funny. And I feel mm-hmm. like I really appreciate his delivery. Yes. Whenever he's frustrated questioning, with them, yeah. I, I do appreciate Gillespie's responses. His responses yeah. of just like, oh my God. Could they just you ask just... such stupid questions. Could you just do what I ask you the first yeah. time? The first time? Okay, what's another one of yours? It's when he's having an interaction with the black mechanic. And the guy asks him, he's like, what do you do? And he's like, policeman. You're a policeman here in Sparta? I just love this like exasperation. He's like, no. And then he says, they got a murder to be dealt with. They don't know who did it. So they need a whipping boy. Oh, yes. And you're like, oh, such a good line. It's so good. (laughs) Because he knows exactly why he's Why they're keeping them. I know it's so good. And that was obviously lost on me as a kid. I didn't get that at all. But I know it's great. It's great. Mm-hmm. Do you have another one? Um, uh, <laughs> we, kind of already, we kind of already talked about the. Oh, okay. So there's one line. Oh, Gillespie's line is so funny. So yes. he is going, he goes to the bank because he needs to yes. see if anyone made a deposit. Uh, and he wants to see this, this one person's, I won't say who, this person's bank account to see about this deposit that got made. And the banker is very nervous about this. He's like, oh, I don't know. It's highly unusual. And he's like, I know, I know. But let me see it. And, you know, this is official. Yes, absolutely. This is official. And you'll put it in writing. Yes, I'll write it on whatever you want me to. And he's like, on official Sparta Police Department letterhead. I would write it on the head of a pin if you want me to. (laughs) 
And it's great. And then he's like, all right. And what and makes it even better <laughs> is the banker speaks so, so slowly. slowly. Yes. And, it's just, and moves Gillespie's slowly. Patience is just getting so And he asks multiple times. He's like, it's highly unusual. And he's giving all this explanation for all this backstory. And he's like, oh my God, I don't care. And then when he pulls it out, I, I'll leave it alone after this, but pulls it out and he's like, oh yes, he opened his account with us in 1962. Yeah, like, $72. Oh, he's like, <laughs> I don't care about 1962. I care about yesterday. Like it's so it's so and even when uh, he's like he's like, oh he deposited six hundred and basically Gillespie's like, okay, and he's like leaving and he's leaving and the banker's still taught like finishing his sentence. Must have been when I went to lunch. I would have remembered an amount like that. And you're like, oh my God, God. Read the room, fella. It's great. Anyway. He's already gone. He's down the hallway. And again, the oh. acting, even of the banker, is so good. Like it's like the director must have been like, be as slow as you can. He's like, got it, no problem. And then yeah, and probably continues. was like, okay, I love that take, but can you take it down even further? Go even slower. <laughs> Channel your inner snail. Go. Okay. I mean, do you have another one? I'm gonna finish another... one, and even okay. though we kind of said it, I'm gonna say it in its entirety because it is one of my favorite, and I know you really like it. And it's when so after the slap has happened, mm. and Sidney Poitier and Gillespie have left. Oh yeah, quickly, and they get to the car, and and Gillespie's upset with him, <laughs> yeah, and says that line about I didn't know you were gonna slap a white man. Um, and Sidney Poitier's response is, "Give me another day." Two days, I'm close. I can pull that fat cat down. I can buy, bring him right off of his hill. And that's when Gillespie goes, oh, man, you're just like the rest of us, aren't you, Virgil? Mm. And both it's of their so lines good. are great. The it's pull so the fat good. cat right down, bring him right down off of the hill is such a satisfying line because you're feeling that way. And then when Gillespie undercuts it, you're like, oh, damn. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Kind of, I remember kind of like being like, "No, Gillespie, don't take this from him. <laughs> don't, don't do it." But it like, it's this. perfect. It's the perfect time to do it. It's brilliant. I'm like, no, Gillespie, yeah. shh, don't be right this time. Right, uh, I think right, we should end now. on that line. We should end I on think that, that line. That's, that's a pretty fantastic line. One. Good yeah, choice. Yeah. All right, everyone. Oh. Well, this has been in the heat of the night, chosen by Lisa. Well Yay. done, you. Uh, Thank great you. Thank uh, you. recovery from last time's episode. <laughs> um, everyone, stay tuned for Friday when I'm picking a movie. God help us. I yep. uh, don't know what it'll be, but it better be better than the last one I picked. Um, <laughs> I'll try my darndest. In the meantime, you should follow us on social media. We're at Real Window. You should send us an email if you're interested in having a longer communique, real.window at gmail.com. You know, let us know if you watched uh, In the Heat of the Night or if you love Sydney Pontier, et cetera, et cetera. We all want to hear all those things. Um, otherwise, follow us. Um, I said that. <laughs> Tune in on Friday <laughs> where you can uh, catch us for our next trivia sode. But otherwise, have a wonderful rest of your week. That's it. <laughs> Thank you.